Fresh off the national championship, we're bringing you Jeff Foxworthy. He was there. He's showing off the G. This was this was the shirt. I saved this shirt. I I, I got to go to practice this summer, and uh, Kirby gave me a little bag, and this shirt was in it. And so I'm really weird. Like in 2017, I had a shirt that I bought in the bookstore. I only wear it on game day. I happened, I was on a hunting trip and I left it at home for the Auburn game. So, well, but it didn't take a defeat. So Mm -hmm. I I had something else. So I wore it. So that shirt, the only shirt, the only play that shirt trailed for the whole year was to his throw in overtime. But because of that, and it had that, that blemish on it. I could never wear it again game day. So this summer went to the bookstore, uh, reloaded, got another new shirt, only wore it game day. It was undefeated until the sec championship game. And obviously it, it, it got dirtied. It got spoiled. So it could never be a game day shirt again, but I had been holding this shirt back that was in the little bag Kirby gave me. And, and I had not worn it at all, still had the tag on it. So popped the tag, wore it to the natty. And so forever, this is, you know. This that is, is the one. It's the one. And it, and it will be retired. I mean, I'll never wear it again game day. So you'll never wash it, right? Like, it just has to stay as is. Well, I did wash it for you guys. I didn't want to be <laughs> on the podcast, you know. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so how does it feel? How does it feel to be a champ? Dude, uh, you know what was so weird? And and, and I, I went with, we drove up, uh, my brother and two of my friends, we, we have the recruiting text thread. We have game day text thread. I mean, we're all in this together. So we drove up and, and one of my buddies, Kyle Roney said, I've never seen a stadium will a team to win like that one did. I mean, I never sat down except for TV commercials. I've never seen a game start to finish that you didn't sit down. People stood the whole time. I lost my voice, you know, because every snap that Alabama had the ball, I'm, oh, you know, I mean, just (laughs) trying to do my part, willing this team to win. So when uh, Keeley intercepts the ball, I never saw it coming. I started sobbing, dude. I just, I mean, I just started crying and I'm sitting there jumping up and down, hugging people. I don't know, but I got tears and I look around and, and I texted my wife. I said, I've never seen this many people crying at a sporting event. I mean, just openly crying. And you realize that's 41 years of pent up coming close, you know, thinking this is going to be the year and it was, I mean, it's just like, it's like the dam broke. It just all got released. And, you know, I'm standing there screaming to no one. We won the natty. We won the natty. It was just fabulous. So what was your viewpoint? Which was he going away from you? Was he coming at you? Was oh, no, he man, side of the field? Perfect seats for the fourth quarter. So we're on the Georgia sideline in the end zone where uh, A.D., Keeley, that side, you know, so perfect seats for the, for the fourth quarter. So he was coming right at you. He coming right at me. Yeah. That's, that's, so then you well, saw, I got to tell you, Jane, was it you that put together the video of the 25? Nothing if, if for the, for the people that weren't fortunate enough to go, nothing captures that moment better than that compilation video. I mean, it's just from all angles that people, it's like they lost it. It's like the dam broke. Uh, How many times have you watched that was this? the moment you realized, <laughs> holy crap, this is going to happen. This is, we just won the natty. Let me tell so you. How many times have you watched that video? <laughs> uh, I've watched it all the way through three different times now. Uh, so there's, uh, but I will go back and, and, and watch it. That's, that is a new generation's Lindsey Scott play, I think. I mean, for all the great plays within that game, that's the one that is going to live in Georgia lore forever. 
Let me take you back to earlier in the fourth quarter, though. So when the call happens, and I'm sure in the stadium, when Stetson has the fumble, and when that's ruled, I'm sure that review felt like it took years off of your life. Uh, What's your feeling in that moment? The weird thing was, I don't think anybody, including Alabama fans, thought it was a fumble. I mean, you just thought, oh, you know, he almost got sacked and he threw the ball away. Nobody. And so when they went to review it, you're like, come on, dudes, let it go. And then the longer it went, I went, oh, crap, it's happening again. It's here we go again. You know, this is this is what happens when we play Alabama. Um, Just shock, just shock. I mean, somebody threw a. A, a beer can that hit the lady in front of me when they made the call on the field. I mean, it hurt her, hit her in the head. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, you're like in shock. You're like, man, we've been willing this thing the whole time. And you're going to take this game from us on a rinky dink call where the guy that recovered the ball didn't even think he was recovering the ball. Um, yeah. It, it just, just, just a low thinking crap but man we answered so fast we answered so fast and once we started moving back down the field it 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 was a different feeling i mean the the whole game pivoted right there do you have the 80 mitchell touchdowns for do you you have jokes in progress for stetson bennett like routine at some point because i mean this guy georgia legend now Forever a Georgia legend. And 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 I was trying to be, me and Kyle Rooney were, were trying to be positive. We just kept looking at each other from that morning going, everything's falling into place. Everything's falling into place. We're not going to be negative. Uh, my brother and Brent Burns were getting a little more negative, especially when Brent got a couple of cold beverages in him. He started to be, and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. We're going to be positive. I had to do on the drive back, um, Tuesday to Atlanta, I had to do a true confession because I said to myself, if we end up losing this game because of that fumble, golly, I hate to even admit this because it sounds so petty, but I, I had to, I had to come clean. I had to confess. God says you have to do that. I made a vow to myself, kind of like Baltimore. I was never going to say Stetson's name out loud again for the remainder of my life if we lost the game because of that. But, you know, that was a moment of weakness for me. And Stet answered the bell, came back with just some beautiful throws. And so now I get to say his name forever. So how does that feel like in the in the stadium? Because it wasn't like Georgia was, all right, we're going to run, 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 pass after that. It was come out, chuck it, come out, chuck it, get the P out of Burton. Like all every pet play on that drive was a pass play. So every play, yeah, you got you got the Burton on the sideline. Then you've got Kenny McIntosh, who is so undervalued as a receiving running back. Kenny McIntosh is is going to be a demon in the league because he catches the ball so well. Um, and you know, then you have the the play, and we saw Bama jump off sides. It's right in front of us. We were right there on the forty, and we're all yelling "free play, free play," and. You couldn't have thrown that ball any better. And AD's adjustment to the ball, fantastic throw, fantastic catch. And, you know, that's some of the the rap on stat. Because I said later, I said, if JT had thrown that ball, you'd have been going, you can't throw a football any better than that. You know, with stat, he doesn't get that kind of credit and leverage and it was a fantastic he immediately knew he had a free play he knew there was no wavering where he was going to go makes a great throw you get a great catch and you know at that point you're starting to think these they're not quitting tonight they're like in the past when you felt the game starting to slip away to Alabama it didn't. It did. It felt different. It's like it ain't slipping away. They're they're not quitting. They're not throwing in the towel. And then you hold them to a three and out, and then you come back and you do it different. Now you're playing Kirby ball. You're that that, that O line's leaning on them. I mean, just leaning on them. And Zeus is just running it down their throats. And 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 you're going. 
man, that that front line D line of Alabama, they don't want it anymore. They they're they're getting pounded right now. This is Georgia football. So it was kind of cool to see the traditional Georgia football and the untraditional. I mean, you know, like that 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 little uh, lollipop to Bowers. I'm like, what a great call. What a stinking great call. So, you know, we're not, we don't have the kind of offense Alabama has. We don't have these super elite guys on the outside, but what, but we do have something. Uh, and, and I saw Dane, like last night you had, uh, you know, the thing about loss and lucky. I, and I'm thinking this morning, are we also going to become TEU? Because I, I think we might be using tight ends as good as anybody in the country right now. Definitely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. So yeah. then now, so they, so the Bowers touchdown happens. Bama's got the ball. How are you feeling? Like, how, how is the, the vibe around you? How are you feeling as, as Bama starts to drive a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, they got a couple of third downs. I, I uh, uh, you're, you're, you're optimistically nervous, you know, because it's eight points. And I'm, and I keep telling myself, they still got to go for two. If they get it, they still got to go for two. Um, uh, and certainly didn't see a, a pick six coming. Uh, in fact, this is this is how cheesy I am. So I gather, I got a hoodie. I got my Georgia hoodie on with a little pouch. So at the end of the game, I'm picking up confetti. I got my bag of confetti. And I'm going to frame a, a photo of Kirby jumping and Keeley high pointing. And I'm putting that confetti all the way around it because – Maybe may, for, for me, and I saw Lindsey Scott. I watched Lindsey Scott on TV, but that to me is the defining play of my lifetime as a Bulldog fan. How do you compare what just happened to what you witnessed in 1980? You know, and this is a true story. So in 1980, I'm working dispatch for IBM, and they offered triple time on national holidays. They only needed one person in the entire office to answer calls because they said, nobody's going to be calling in for a broken machine on New Year's Day. So I volunteered for the triple time. And now in 1980, I had a, a Philco television and you guys are too young to remember this. <laughs> TVs were like three feet deep and three feet wide. I mean, and these, that, this, freaking television must have weighed 140 pounds. And so I drive down, downtown to Colony Square. I'm the only car in the parking lot. And I get this 140 pound TV and I'm walking across the parking lot, get on the elevator and I towed it upstairs and I put it on my desk. No cable, no antenna. Thankfully, we lived in the age where you could still get reception. And I watched the national championship, Georgia and Notre Dame on that TV on my desk. Yeah, by myself, you know, celebrating and then lug that TV back down to the car. So that's how I did it the other time in my life when we and got triple time pay and got triple time pay. I didn't have to answer a single call all day long. So speaking of calls, what's your phone look like since early Tuesday morning? Because, I mean, if you want to drop some names of people that reached out to you, I'd love to hear it. Um. Brent Rollins, uh, <laughs> David Pollock, uh, Davey and I were were kind of laughing because we we were both crying and both of us didn't see it coming, you know. Um, and and I think David does such a great job. I, I think David's fantastic at his job, and it's very hard to to sometimes, you know. I think early on, David tried really hard not to be viewed as a Georgia homer. And so there was Georgia fans, well, crap, he hates the dogs. I'm like, you don't know him then. He freaking loves the dogs, but doing his job, he's he's being professional. He's not, um, but, you know, Davey's in tears Monday night. It just, it just meant so much to so many people. You know, I, I know as much as it meant to me, it didn't mean any any more to anybody on the planet than Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart loves Georgia, you know, and Kirby's right. It's those guys that were up at 5 a.m. running the stadium stairs and, and working out and all, but it's also those people that got in their cars and there were a ton of them 
and spent money they didn't have to drive to Indy. It's people that went to to the bars wearing their T-shirts and sweatshirts. And I mean, this just meant something to two generations uh, of people. And, you know, I, I know at the end of the day, it's just sports, but it, it is, it's bigger than that, man, especially at UGA. It's, it's, it's tradition. It's, this is how we do this on a Saturday. These are the songs. We, I, I cracked up the, cause we stayed in Louisville uh, cause hotels were so sold in, uh, in Indy, but we're cracking up laughing at St. Elmo's restaurant that the police got called in and, and you watch the video of the, who's that coming down the track. And I'm like, Oh my God, Georgia fans are getting the police called on them in a restaurant uh, for calling the dogs. Um, but it just, it meant so much to so many people. And it, and it was just such a relief. And, 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 Brent, you know me. I I'm always like, who who are we talking to for the class of 2023? For the class of 24, you know, I, I'm like a recruiting, and I just decided I ain't looking at it. I ain't looking at it for two or three days, and I'm just I'm just gonna like sitting under a warm waterfall. I'm just gonna soak in this feeling and let it bathe over me, and then. I'll go back and, you know, <laughs> be the start. neurotic recruiting guy, be the neurotic recruiting guy again. Sure. I mean, you Speaking already of- told on yourself though, because you ask about loss and lucky. So yes. I don't know. That you're actually- <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was my first peak, you know, after, after the natty. So yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Kirby, how, how, you know, just speaking to him and doing it his way kind of, you know, with the defense first mentality, the offense obviously was very explosive, but it was still, I think the team was very much of his identity. What speak to that? Yeah. You, you know, I think it was, and, and I think some of it was personnel, you know, how sometimes it just works out that way that you, I mean, I thought it was so big, like when Devonte Wyatt and, and Jordan Davis said, we're coming back. You know, it, it reminded me of, of like Davin Bellamy and Chubb and Michelle going, we're coming back. And you're like, man, this is the kind of that, because I think great teams usually have great upperclassmen leadership, you know, the juniors and the seniors. So, and, and they, man, they were so stacked on defense. And I think that that just played right into Kirby's hands. And we live in an age where it's almost like, as you talk about, Football, whether pro or college, nobody talks about defense. It's all offense. You know, the the college football has just almost become Big 12 football. I mean, just sling it and don't play defense. And so I thought, wow, this is really unique in a year where it's all offense, that you got one team that is so good and plays such great defense. And after the – SEC championship game that really rattled my brother. He he's like that one gut punched me. Um, but everybody was talking about Stets. You can't win a natty with Stets. Stets not the guy to win a natty. And I said you're viewing this wrong. I said if our defense, which going into the SEC championship game and was allowing six point eight uh, points a game, I said if they had given up triple their average. That would have given Alabama 21 points. Well, we scored 24. We still win the game. They didn't give up triple. They gave up six times their average. I said, so this isn't about Stead. This is about can we get back to playing defense the way we had the previous 12 games? Because if we do, nobody, Michigan or Alabama, is going to beat us if we get back to playing that kind of defense. And good Lord, you've got Dan Lanning, you've got Schumer, you've got Will Muschamp, you've got Kirby. I mean, you've got some defensive geniuses on that side of the ball. And they went back to playing that defense. And that's the defense, even in the first half when we when we looked so hapless on offense, the defense kept us in the game. Alabama goes inside the 36 times during the game and comes away with one stinking touchdown. What would you have bet that would have happened? Man, once they got into the red zone, we locked down. Yeah, forcing the field goals was basically Shoot. the key to the game. Key to yeah, the game. so you play the first half and you're like, man, we just can't figure it out offensively, and we're down three points. 
We can't play any worse offensively, and we're down three points going into halftime. And then I thought, you know, it's it, you don't hear much about it, but, man, I think when they moved Jamari to right guard, uh, that's almost like a two-a move. I mean, Jamari had been playing left tackle the whole season. And and you and you move you make that big of a change on your offensive line, but we got better fast after that. And run the ball a little bit more in the second half. Yeah. Start to sort of be physical in the second half. It, it, was, it was definitely a performance there. Speak. You mentioned about going to practice, and I think you said it was in the summer. Was there, was there anything that stood out to you that day? We're like, okay, this is going to be completely different this year. This is a completely different vibe. Yeah, that they were. Yeah, you know, and and and. I, I'm I'm so blessed. I know I'm so fortunate to get to go to practice once a year. And you, you know, I think about football practice like when I was in high school, and there was a lot of standing around and waiting. There ain't no standing around at a Georgia practice. I mean, you, it's there's not a wasted second. You're running from one drill to the other. Bam, horn sounds. You're off to do something else. All of a sudden, Kirby screams. Thirty seconds. You got thirty seconds to kick a forty-one yard field goal. And whoever's on field goal teams run into the middle of the field. I mean, to, to feel that pressure of having to get something off and it's always been intense, but this year it just felt like it was different. Like they were on a mission. There was no joking around. There was no, it, it's like they were locked in and we made that, that comment driving back to Atlanta from Athens that day. It's like, man, this, this team's like, they're like business. This is like they are on a mission. And, you know, I thought you saw that carried out throughout the year. They they were they had each other's backs so well. Uh, I felt like the defense all year was like, whatever you do, we got your back. You know, I thought a big play in the Natty game was when Alabama came down and, and they do that. And it's third quarter, I guess, but they have that 17 play drive, and, you know, and we're, they're not, we're not giving up big plays, but they're third down on us and third down on us. And, and I looked at my brother and I went, crap, this is too many plays. Our defense is going to get gassed. You know, this is which that's the Alabama way. We've all lived through that before that your defense, you know, and they run 17 plays we hold them. They go to kick the field goal, and Jalen Carter blocks it. And I looked at my brother and I went, "They just had 17 plays and walked away with no points. That that's huge." And I heard a little about the Rose Bowl, how the block kick. I mean, it, yeah. it yeah. completely changes momentum because it, so it does, man. It's it's a huge, huge play. It's such a big swing, and. I mean, it's to me that that just said this dog ain't they ain't giving up this time. And that would have been easy to they had to be gassed 17 plays and let Jalen and and man, you want to see a see a play. Go back and watch that in slow motion. Watch that play in slow motion. The effort that he had coming through, squeezing between the the snapper and the guard there. I mean, just all out effort. It was amazing. You think about if the we flash forward uh, to October, and you and I are just walking around a, a hospital, let's say with Piedmont or something. Are there more baby Stetsons or more baby Ringos? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you could go wrong either way. I don't think you could go wrong either way. I think Keeley's probably going to become a very popular name. Uh, Stet's going to become a baby, you know, and God bless the kid. God bless the kid. And you and anybody that wants to hate on Stetson, go look at him crying on the sideline. You want to know what it meant to him? Go look at him crying on the sideline. I mean, he, he's if he ever buys a cheeseburger in Athens again, shame on you. Uh, anything for that matter. Anything for that matter. Round of golf, cheeseburger. He should never, never have to touch his wallet again for the rest of his life. <laughs> My idea is that in the parade on Saturday, he needs to be in a mail truck. 
And if that doesn't happen, then someone at athletics has really failed us all. I, I, I 100% agree. We even talked about coming back. Where do we get mailman hats? Where, you know, is there a place you can buy a hat from the U.S. Postal Service? Because I would love to get one and have Stets sign it. I'd put it up on my shelf there in the back, the mailman hat, because he's stinking delivered. Are you buddies Wayne Knight? I know he's, he's a Georgia guy, so maybe he could reprise the Newman character who was a postal <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I actually am. I uh, We used to film uh, right next to Seinfeld, so I would see him quite often when I was out there. Well, there you go. If you put that online, and, and all the Georgia people will flock to it, I promise you. Get him yeah. and together. <laughs> so, you know, now that now that it is here and now that it is a thing, Who's your guy for the 2022 recruiting class? <laughs> you, uh, you mean out of the class we just landed? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your, who's your guy? You, 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 you got to have a, a guy. Who's your guy? Uh, Michael Williams, probably. I mean, he went out and dominated uh, in the uh, All-American game. That that I think we're going to look back and go, holy cow! That kid from Columbus was committed to USC, and and we kept him. Uh, I I think he's going to be a star. Uh, you know, you know who makes me laugh? Uh, Julian Humphrey is maybe he may be like LeCount on this team. He has such great tweets. I loved his his tweet last night. It with a show of uh, Keeley catching the ball and Kirby high pointing, and he's got an arrow, and he goes, who wouldn't want to play for this guy? Uh, I thought, dang right. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this class. You know, it's it's funny. I was sitting there this morning going through, like, the dog vent and all, and you see I'm like people are already panicking over the portal, you know, and Kimber leaving, and, and I'm like, well, it's – it's the age of football that we leave in. And I think if we learn nothing else this year, and we're not going to do it because we're fans. We love to gripe about stuff. We love to second-guess stuff. But but kind of for me, I'm like, kind of like Alabama people do save, and I'm like, I trust Kirby. I trust Kirby knows what he's doing. You know, Kirby took an unbelievable amount of grief for sticking with Stead over JT. Just – I mean, fans, reporters, national analyst. And then you get to the end of the line and go, dadgum, Kirby knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And so, you know, whatever happens in the poor, I trust Kirby. I mean, you know, he did it last year. I mean, when we had the mass exodus of DBs and he, he goes and gets uh Tyke, uh, so uh, I trust where, you know, he, he's going to find the people and we're going to, it ain't going to be 41 years before we have this conversation again. I, I would bet that's true. Well, and you know, a lot of people were saying that look at how much you're losing on defense, probably nine starters and then some other guys that, that don't start. Uh, there's no way that, that can happen again. I mean, look at the schedule next year and then look at the talent on Georgia's roster. You don't know anything about what can happen next year because it could be a repeat where they could miss out. I, I could see their scenario. None of that really matters right now other than I'm sure Kirby's about to drop a line saying he feels so you know, bad about being 10 days behind everyone else on roster management. He's already said that. <laughs> Danny's already said that. Well, that's the problem we're playing in the netty. I mean, it puts you 10 days behind everybody else. I'm like, give it a rest, Curb. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, th- I, I, I don't think it's possible. I, I, I think this defense, it's the best defense I've ever seen in my lifetime as a fan. I mean, just hair on fire. And it wasn't like, you, you, you know, it wasn't like it was Roquan and it was just one guy that was that fast and close. There were so many, you know, that Trayvon Walker running down the wide receiver. Go watch that play. Trayvon gets knocked to the ground on the line and gets up and run down to the field and catches 
the wide receiver from behind. This this defense was so fast. You know, Nola Smith's playing like his hair's on fire. Nakobe, Channing Tindall. Uh, this was a special defense, but but I think we're reloading. I think sorry. I think there's a lot of good guys coming back next year. Jalen Carter's still there. So I think we might take a little step back defensively, but I think offensively we've got a chance to take a step forward. So maybe the Bulldogs of next year look a little bit different, you know, maybe, maybe we're a little, a little stronger offensively might give up a few more points, but we might score more points. So you, you mentioned know, the Kobe Dean and Channing. You mentioned Dean and Tyndall back to back. And I thought the emblematic play of the national championship on defense, other than Ringo. Yeah. That, that's the play everyone's going to remember in the red zone. When Channing Tindall misses his assignment and Nicobe Dean covers for him and forces the incompletion and immediately gets in Channing's face and say, we can't do it that way or whatever he says. Oh, yeah. Well, he's almost uh, like Kirby. He's like teaching. It's like, no, 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 no. You got to do it this way. And what happens the next play? The Tindall next gets play, in the you've got Bryce rolling to his right and Channing hawks him down. Now in the SEC championship game, Bryce breaks that tackle in the natty. Channing brings him down, you know, so, yeah. And, and I think when you're talking about big legacies, and I thought this uh, 17 and 18, I, I left saying that Andrew Thomas was one of Georgia's best 10 players ever. Now, maybe that's my youth and not having seen a lot of these best players ever. But, man, the Kobe Dean's right up in that conversation now, too. Did you think after, you know, after Roquan left, I thought Roquan was – a generational linebacker for Georgia. I didn't think this soon afterwards. And God, I love you talk about a damn good dog, Nicobe Dean, character, intelligence, heart. I mean, he was the heart of that defense. I love, forever in my life will love Nicobe Dean. Fantastic player. There's just think of all of the sort of DGDs that you're going to have from this team. One I, I mentioned yesterday on Twitter, William Poole played more snaps in the last five games than he played in the previous four seasons. Yes. And, and then had the game he had in the Natty. And, and and William Poole had one of the best plays in the Natty when he goes to break up that you can't play DB better than that, where he breaks up that pass coming across the middle. William Poole, by the way, from Hapeville, which, uh, it's where I played my football, Hateful High School. So uh, shout out to my homeboy there. Uh, but you're exactly right. William Poole, who had the blown coverage in the SEC championship game that allowed Williams to run wide right. open, you know, and comes back. And, and, and all right, here's my question for you guys. If you have to, if if you had it to do all over again, would you want the undefeated season, or was it sweeter because of what happened in the SEC championship game? Regardless of what would be wanted, I don't think it's possible without that. Like I don't think that that Georgia is as hungry without that loss. So I don't think you get the national championship you know, feeling without having gone through that disappointment in Atlanta. I agree. And I also think that, and you heard the players talk about this after the game, was the conditioning that they did the moment the SEC championship game was over until the national championship game, all the running, all the conditioning that they did to get, because you had guys play more snaps than they ever have, especially along the defensive front. And I, you might you just don't get that if you walk through and just trounce Alabama in the SEC championship game. You know, beat them by 10, 15 points, something like that. You might not get that. Now you still might be undefeated because you don't play anybody else that's good enough to beat you talent wise. But you you don't get the it. It had to come to me. You had to beat Saban. It had to come beating Nick Saban. I think and I think that made it the most poetic justice of all time. Yeah, and and you said that. Early in the year, you said, I, I, I want it to be. The, it, we need to go through them. And, and I agree with you. My brother said, back when it happened, he said, you know, one of the worst things for us was finishing the year with Charleston Southern and Tech. He said, because we, we weren't pushed at all. And, you know, I, you guys, I'm sure, felt like I felt as I watched the SEC championship game, 
I'm like, who is this team? Yeah. This is who is this? This isn't us. And of course, you've got the national media. They and I said at the time, Alabama played by far their best game of the season the same day Georgia played by far their worst. And so when you hold it up like that, that I mean, the gap is huge. You go, oh crap, Alabama. The, the national media was Bama's this much better than Georgia. And I'm like, no, they're not. You're you're reading a false indicator. That's their best the same day as our worst. If we play our best and they come back to us, it's a different story. And, you know, I think, you, you know, when you were watching the Michigan game, I, I don't know how you felt. I had in that first quarter just exhaled and go, we're back. This is us. This is Georgia again. It, and it definitely looked the part. Yeah, they looked the part, and th- they won the game Monday night. That defense, God, what heart, man! Those guys, and you—they were on the field. You know, you got used to during the season of you know by the third or fourth quarter, you weren't seeing Trayvon or Jordan Davis or people in the game. You know, you're sitting there going, "Who? Who's ninety six? Who's yeah?" These dudes were on the field all night Monday night. Two things on the Ringo pick six. I think some people have noticed them, but from a storytelling standpoint, they're they're pretty interesting. So Bryce Young, when he tries to to make a tackle on the pick six, winds up right beside Kirby Smart. And who picks him up off of the ground? Kirby Smart. Same guy that after the game says that's the best player in college football. Uh, So that's one of the things. The other thing is once Ringo gets to about the 10-yard line, who's sprinting beside him to get the last block that you need? And Another than Dan Jackson and yeah. he gets lit up. He get he got volcanoed, but <laughs> but God bless him, man. You know he probably my, didn't feel it at all. He didn't. Not, feel I think it he landed on his feet somehow. I don't know how. Maybe it was just the energy of the moment. But it like he was down on the ground for like a quarter of a second, popped right back up. I saw where somebody said um, instead of Kirby helping Bryce up, he should have squirted him in the face with a water bottle and then <laughs> high five Pickens. <laughs> But but Dan Jack, I love Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson's to me kind of like that lad McConkie. He's just he's got twice as much heart, you know, as he probably initially had talent. Now and and they're both extremely talented. But I just I love the heart of that kid. Just barreling down the field. Who can I hit? Who can I hit? And that was a car wreck on the four yard line. But. well, and by name yeah. alone, he doesn't sound like an SEC safety. He sounds like a guy. Just his name sounds like a guy that's an opening act for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right about that. But he's a DGD. Uh, so, yeah, so did you sleep at all? Did you get to sleep at all? Did you actually, or how did that? How did that work after the game? All right, this is this is when you know you have a problem. So, as I said, we're staying in Louisville. So we're probably in the stadium because we soaked it all in. We wanted to get showered with confetti. We watched the trophy presentation. So we leave the stadium. It's like one, get to the car. In Apparently they played in Indy because the stadium in Siberia was booked. <laughs> I, I, it was so stinking cold. So we get to the car, and, of course, you've got that. Anybody that goes to a Georgia game knows that crawl, you know, till you can get to the interstate. So by the time we get to Louisville, it's 3.30 in the morning. We get up to our hotel room. I'm sharing a room with my brother. He goes in, immediately turns on ESPNU, and we sit there and watch, lay there in bed eating potato chips, watching the fourth quarter of the game again on television. I'm like, we we have a problem. We just saw this live and it's four o'clock in the morning and we're laying in bed eating potato chips watching this. Did, did you still fist pump and yeah. do that when AD caught the oh, ball? Yes. You, you still did yes. it. <laughs> uh, then, so we slept about four hours and got up and it took us, I think it took like six and a half hours to drive to Louisville, but they had like four wrecks. So it took us uh, – Nine and a half hours to drive back, but we listened to uh, 680 the fan local. Wanted to get the local thing. Listened to New Heisel and the, and but the thing we were really holding out for 
was to listen to Feinbaum because we knew all the Alabama callers had gone into hibernation. All these people that called every day because we had made a vow. We said, if Georgia loses, we're not watching Feinbaum. Uh, I'm, I'm not listening to that. Uh, but they, they kind of disappeared. So, Did you see Al Duncan on Feinbaum? Yes. God bless Al. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. And showing up like in her bathrobe to do it. But, uh, yeah, that was awesome. I was happy for her. Coach Donnan was on Feinbaum yesterday, and I'll tell you, just being able to sit and we do the watch-along show with him and, and enjoy the national championship game, because the context, earlier that day, Champ Bailey was announced as a college football Hall of Famer, and then that night, Kirby Smart wins a national championship, wow. and so yeah. two of the most impactful players of Donnan's era at Georgia, guys that that were so big for UGA, and obviously you know, decades later are, are guys that help build whatever this is. Uh, he gets to sit there like a proud papa and look at it. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's, we, it's kind of fun when you just eat and breathe this stuff and you're, you're going back and you're throwing out questions, you know, and one of them was, so does this make Kirby the greatest coach ever at Georgia? I mean, right there, right? I mean, if you're measuring by titles, then he's tied for yeah. that. Uh, and if you go amount of time that it took and you go, where, what's the program's trajectory from here? Because I don't think anyone would say this is going to be it. I mean, if you had to place the bets there, no one's placing the you know the bet at one and done. No, no, it is it, it, you've because of recruiting, you know, is all of a sudden you you realize. I mean, even though Saban had a young team because of the way they recruit, you're you still got a shot. You got a good shot. It's and recruiting, but it's it's the infrastructure and salesmanship too. I mean, that is. was the the first thing that Kirby did was get in these boardrooms and say, "Y'all got to invest in this deal." Uh, and it's stuff that Mark Rick was saying at the same time too. But it was just all the the confluence of events at the right time to say, "If you want to do what Alabama's doing right now, then we have to change things differently," you know, on the inside, and that happened. Well, and, 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 you know, a lot of props to McGarity because, and Mark Rick is one of my favorite people. I love coach Rick. Um, that had to be really hard for McGarity to let Mark go uh, because he was tired of hearing people say 10 wins isn't enough. We want it all. And I, th I think for him to go, all right, if you want it all, A, this has got to happen, but B, you got to open your wallet and we got to be able to compete facilities wise. Uh, and, and it happened. I mean, good God. I mean, I, I was walking through the, the new facilities and Rennie Curran said to me, you know, I've been in every NFL locker room in state. I've never been in anything that nice. Uh, the people, the, the Georgia people responded. I, I, and I'm sure I'm biased. I don't think there's a better college football fan base than, than UGA. Um, we travel. I, I, and I don't know if you ever heard numbers. We, cause we were speculating at the game. I mean, early on we were going, this ain't 50, 50. This is, what is it? Is it 65, 35? Is it 70, 30? But, the Georgia fans are as great as anybody. And, you know, that's, that's the only thing in my life. I went to Georgia tech cause I had no money and I had to live at home. God, I would have loved to have gone to Georgia. And thankfully people don't give me crap about going to tech cause I have loved Georgia all my life. And people have allowed me to jump on the Georgia bandwagon. And, but I've been on it since I was a little kid. I remember sitting there, with my granddad, by the way, the pose I got now, the Cobra, we made a vow as a group. We weren't doing the Cobra at the game. You know, that's, <laughs> that's when you've given up is when you do the yeah, no surrender. The Cobra would have found you. You would have um, been on ESPN. They would have found you. Yeah, they would have found me. But, uh, you know, even though I never went there, I, I, I love UGA. I love the fan base. I love the tradition. J just, everything about it and so 
thank thank you dog fans that you don't give me crap that I went to tech tech kicked me out but it doesn't matter I didn't give a rat but uh, hey if you want to come get your journalism degree let me know I can I can make some calls I I, 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 I was thinking yeah, that's weird you say that Dana I, I thought this morning man if, if my life had been different and if I'd had the money to go to Georgia what would I have majored in and I thought yeah it would probably been journalism um so yeah tell them to give me an honorary tell them to give me an honorary degree because i don't have a degree from tech so if they would do that then i could be a dog that's that's my heart's cry i just want to be a dog so i mean this spring graduation you speak at graduation that happens i'll I'll talk to josh brooks and he can talk to the right people they give me the diploma to go with the rest of the class. I mean, <laughs> yeah, everyone else is just there for your ceremony. I would cry again, just like I did at the Natty. I would cry yeah. again. Hey, Mr. Moorhead, he's probably going to be listening to the podcast. You know, he's he'll he's, he's going to see that. We'll get it to the right people. We're going to make that happen. All right, let's get you out of here with two things. One, how much merchandise have you already bought? <laughs> and two, what is your sort of lasting memory of all of this? <laughs> All right, I did. I did go online last night. I got two short sleeve t-shirts, one long sleeve, two no, two long sleeve t-shirts. So I didn't buy a sweatshirt. So I've only bought four shirts. And my wife is going. Half of your wardrobe is UGA stuff. You've got to get rid. If you, she said it's fine that you're buying new stuff, you've got to get rid of some of the old stuff. Um, but I won't. I wear a Georgia shirt or hat almost every day of my life. Is some of that older stuff from the first national championship? <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not quite that old. But I I I mean I've got some that that is no that is just banned to yard work because you've worn it so many times where the pit stains don't come out; <laughs> they're just kind of permanent. Yeah, I've got I've got some pretty nasty ones. Speaking well, of hey, them, we, have you seen the ones that the people that have you know that drank the Coke bottle from 1980 that down the <laughs> that that one I, I've seen some of that. That's I, a little I heard much. about somebody doing that. It couldn't have been good, could it? I mean, I hope not. I would think not. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, that's that's cool. God, I mean, that's what I'm telling you. That's this fan base. There's you no might, other fan base that loves their team like like Georgia does. You might be a crazy redneck fan base if you drink a forty-one-year-old no. after a natty ch- after a national championship. And, and you might you might be hanging over the toilet about four hours <laughs> later, giving it back. So uh, I just can't think that's good for you, Jeff. If uh, you want to plug anything that you're doing before we uh, get you out of here, I'm at the Fox Theater, uh, February fifth. My favorite place to play in the world. Um, with uh, tons of new material because with COVID, I went a year and a half without getting on stage. So, uh, and you know, I've always said, I don't think laughter makes people's problems go away, but I do think laughter, it's like the release valve that keeps the boiler from exploding is, you know, you kind of laugh and then you're like, all right, I can can go back and deal with whatever I've got to deal with. And I, I, I think that's the one thing over the last couple of years with this pandemic is it, it's laughter and it's live music. That's kind of those releases for people. And we, we had neither. So people have been carrying all this stress. And so what I'm finding now is when I'm doing shows, I'm just kind of shocked by the, by the number of people that come back after the show and go, Oh my God, I, I can't remember the last time I laughed like that. I needed that so bad. And I'm like, yeah, we do. That's, that's the thing that keeps us sane is, is blowing off some steam, whether it's laughter, live music, or a hell of a football team. You know, those are the things that that give us the whatever to keep going, keep walking. I expect people will be calling the dogs with you on February 5th at the Fox Theater. That's what I expect. You know what? Maybe. We should call the dogs. Shouldn't we do that at the, I mean, the Fox? 100%. Should be, I mean, I would assume that you come out and the whole crowd starts barking like crazy. I have never got to call the dogs in my life. I think I'm going to do that at the Fox. I'm just producing your show for you, man. I'll make the royalties. Listen, you guys are coming. Seats are on me, but you got to, you got to help me call the dogs. All right. 
We're there. We're there. Jeff, as always, uh, you've been so gracious with your time and uh, we're uh, really fortunate to be connected to you and really thrilled that you got to experience this firsthand. And uh, you're as big of a Georgia fan as I've ever encountered. And uh, just hearing your story, we appreciate the time you made for us. Well, you know, Dane, I, and we were, we were kind of figuring out, maybe you guys have an idea. I said the other night, I said, how many, how many Georgia fans do you think there are in the world? And I, I have no idea. I mean, it's a hypothetical question. But I said, all right, say there's 4 million. Um, I think it's higher than that. My brother thought that was an accurate number. But just say 4 million for the sake of the argument. And if there were 40,000 of us, at the game, I I tr- I understand how so blessed I was to get to go to that game it's because forty thousand out of four million. If you do it on the calculator, it's point zero one percent that actually got to be there live. I'm I'm so and it's so funny. I never. I'm like an old dude. I watch games on TV because I like the replay and I like the bat not having to stand in line at the bathroom and all. But I said to my wife, uh, we were headed down to my farm on Thanksgiving. I said, I never say this. I said, if Georgia goes to the natty, I want to go. And she goes, oh, you, you should. You should. She said, when is it? And I said, I think it's January the 10th. And she pulls out her phone and she looks and she said, we're in Machu Picchu. We were supposed to. My oldest daughter had always wanted to go to Galapagos and see the giant tortoises and it was her 30th birthday. So we had booked this trip like a year and a half ago and January 10th, we were supposed to be in Peru at Machu Picchu. And at Christmas, my oldest daughter got COVID. She was, she's fine, but she got COVID and we were supposed to fly out like new year's day. So we had to cancel the trip. And when they canceled the trip, I look. And when my wife said, "You're in Machu Picchu," I, I literally, it's, it's, I almost started crying. I didn't say anything. I just drove silent for 20 minutes, and I'm like, "So you're telling me that if we go to the Natty, I'm going to be in a third world country with an iPad, hoping they have internet, trying to watch this thing?" And so when the trip got canceled, I kind of you know, said to my wife, so does, uh, does this mean I can go to the natty now? And she's like, yes, you should. So I think it was, it was God ordained that I got to go. Uh, but, but I will remember it my entire life is a great for a lifetime sports fan. It was the greatest day of my sports life. So you went and hugged your daughter and you said, I'm so glad you're okay, (laughs) but Thanks for getting COVID for this. I love you, Joy. And she's a dog, too. So maybe, you know, maybe she was giving me that as a gift. It all worked out. Uh, You're the best, man. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll do this again sometime. And uh, on the 5th, we plan on seeing you then, hopefully. You, we, yes. we will see each other then. Then we'll, st- then we'll start really talking recruiting uh, <laughs> after that again. So, but thank you for a couple guys out there. Yep. God bless.